Welcome, this is the Effective Challenge podcast. My name's Damien and this is where I discuss topics that are relevant to both individuals and teams and the content is aimed at things that you can practically do to improve your performance and as a result of that, the results you're able to achieve. I'm really interested in any comments you got around the content or perhaps topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Uh, please drop me a line, it's Damien at EffectiveChallenge.com. That's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, at EffectiveChallenge.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the Effective Challenge podcast there yet. Episode 18, Making the Work More Obvious. I'll get into that in a second about what, the, what that actually means. Um, just thinking about episode 17 and uh, just a thank you to people that did feedback, some observations that they had around uh, innovation and you know how they apply innovation to in a very practical way to, to, to what they uh, are doing. Um, I was listening to uh, a podcast myself, uh, many of you uh, know because I've mentioned it on, on this cast uh, a fair amount, that I am a big cycling fan so I listen to a number of podcasts associated with cycling but one of the casts I was listening to in the last week uh, had, had paid a visit to McLaren, the Formula One uh, racing team and they they already play uh, a part in in one of the uh, top top cycling teams. I think I think as we hit twenty the season for twenty twenty that that will become bigger. Um, but the connection between that podcast and episode seventeen of Effective Challenge was uh, some comments that, that that the presenter was was making around the Formula One car for twenty twenty, and and this really surprised me. So you know no surprise really I suppose that innovation uh, is a really critical part to Formula One I have to confess a bit of a health warning I don't know that much about Formula One but um, from talking to friends over the years uh, the the performance of the car seems to be something that that is, is a real game changer and therefore innovation in that car is something that the teams hold um, hold tightly and and something that, that they hold in high regard the bit that surprised me was when this person was talking about the next year's car that the percentage of the current model that would get reused um, now I don't know whether this figures right and I'm not entirely sure how they how they work this out but four to seven percent was the claim and you know some of that is generated uh, by rule changes in in Formula One but the majority is about uh, gaining competitive advantage and that just got me thinking, wow, that that must be some innovative approaches, you know, suspending reality around uh, the way you currently do things to come up with alternatives that, that hopefully will will see you uh, produce a faster car and, and, and better results. And then 
I looked a little bit at, at McLaren and, and, you know, they've been at this since the 50s. So this isn't something that, you know, they've uh, uh, that they've just come come into. They've, they've been at this for for a considerable amount of time and still innovating um, to to high performance. So just closing out this little introduction uh, or recap of, of episode 17, uh, more like um yeah innovation it, it's you know what, what could, could you be more radical you know i talked about innovation and I've come up with a number of approaches but it strikes me if you're building a formula one car and you're only using four to seven percent of the previous year's uh, machine then you've got to be pretty radical in your thinking um yeah what could you take what could you take from from that you know what what, what would the mclaren innovation team make of make of your workplace and, and and what would they be asking you questions about yeah let's move on episode 18 um so this really it ties in with a, a broader piece around uh the end of the calendar year i guess we uh, are rapidly approaching december um and christmas uh, will be soon upon us and just around the corner from that is obviously uh, 2020 uh, a new year new objectives new horizon uh, new things to perhaps uh, pursue stuff that didn't quite land in 2019 or stuff that you've been putting off for for perhaps many years um, and sometimes at the start of a, a new year people set things like New Year's resolutions. I'm not a massive fan of those, if I'm honest. I think, I think they have a very short-term uh, focus, and and from my experience of, of working with other people, um, you know, not a particularly high success rate. Um, but one of the reasons why stuff doesn't tend to to land so well, and you can look at this from a you know thinking about the big picture plan for perhaps a a year, or or even into the the, the kind of micro in the day, is that that we kind of skip over the need to give ourselves time space to really think about what what work is actually going to be involved in achieving uh, the things that we would like to um have have done and you know i think this is a subject that many people uh, shy away from uh, it's a subject that can feel like uh, a, a, an indulgence a luxury uh, you know really thinking about what what it means to be what it means to be clear on what and what an outcome looks like, and what's actually going to be involved involved in in achieving that outcome. Um, you know, I guess if you if you think about this, uh, the modern, particularly in the modern workplace, or in many of the modern workplaces, you know, what what completion looks like is is certainly more ambiguous than perhaps it it was twenty thirty years ago when you know uh, it, it it was more a case of producing things often physical things that you would you, know, you would take some raw materials and and turn it into something um now now in the modern place where very much um 
not not my phrase, but the the kind of knowledge worker economy where where we're using our knowledge and our experience to produce things. Uh, it's less clear. It's less clear when when things are done, when things are complete. You know, and if you just think about this and you ask yourself, you know, even beyond the workplace, when when was the last time that you got to the end of your day and thought, okay, my work is complete. I have no no nothing more to do. Um, if if you're in that position, then you're probably putting quite a bit of effort into defining what the work means, and you've probably got an approach that helps support you in understanding all of your commitments. Uh, I guess I should should say if if that is you and you do that on a regular basis, this podcast probably isn't for you. Um, but. I believe, having spoken to quite a lot of people, and a couple of people have asked me to talk about this this topic, um, that certainly isn't the case. And people get to the end of the day quite often feeling like, you know, I've been, you know, I've been working pretty hard and I've been doing lots of things, but I'm really not sure I'm making the progress on the things that I would like. Uh, and I feel pretty unsatisfied that I'm leaving stuff um, incomplete, uh, and and that isn't a particularly fulfilling place to operate from um so so this isn't a new thing uh, certainly from a uh, uh, academic point of view this was a subject that was being talked about in the in the 50s and 60s um i guess peter drucker some people may have heard of peter drucker certainly recommend his book uh, which is the uh, effective executive uh, or one of his books uh, as as a good 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 um, good place to get some some ideas and thoughts around uh, your own effectiveness, but but Drucker was was you know, one of the early people talking about the knowledge worker economy and and making that distinct from uh, the industrial economy, uh, and he he was a big advocate of you know the work isn't going to be as clear cut, and therefore. There is a proportion of the work which is actually defining the work, and you can you can talk, get yourself into into riddles with this. Um, so uh, being clear and understanding what it what it is you mean by defining the work is is something that's that's probably worth a little bit of of, of exploration. Uh, I think if you can do that, if you can define the work, and you can put some clearer boundaries around uh, what it means to be successful, what it means to be complete, what it means to get the result you would ideally like, then uh, the day-to-day action and activity becomes becomes that bit more straightforward. You take a bit of pressure off yourself because you've, you've got a clearer idea about what it is you're looking to achieve. So I think I'm going to talk about this from from three angles with a, a kind of short, medium, and long-term horizon, uh, and you know I'm going to term those the, the the kind of working on the macro, which is the long term, the weekly plan and review, the medium term, and the daily focus for the the short-term effort. So I'm going to start with the macro. Um, again, I. Over the last week, I've I've watched a documentary on Netflix, uh, which is rare for me. I don't watch a massive amount of uh, television, but this one caught my eye. Uh, 
titled Inside Bill's Brain, uh, which is a, a two-part documentary. Again, recommend it. I'll put a link actually into the show notes for those of you that are subscriber to Netflix. You might want to check this out. Uh, it's about Bill Gates, and it, it, it talks about his approach to uh, solving some of the challenges, his approach to uh, building Microsoft, and and some of the approaches he adopts around his own personal uh, productivity and effectiveness. And the bit the bit that caught my eye is, and I'd read about this previously, just just not heard him talk about it in any in any great depth. But he used to take himself away, and he, he'd take himself off to to, to a forest, uh, be quite isolated, and he used to call these think weeks. And he would dedicate time. Uh, and space to really thinking about what it was he wanted to achieve and yeah there were two elements to that there was the what I want to achieve more generically or uh, if he had a particular challenge a particular uh, particular problem that he was looking to work through that had quite a bit of complexity he would he would disconnect from the rest of the world and take himself off and really define down what it was he was looking to achieve the reason why I'm dwelling on Bill Gates here is I, I guess you know, probably uh, most people will have heard of, of Bill Gates and um, even more people will have heard of, of Microsoft the, the company that, that he help to build but also some of the uh, charity work that that uh, or th- philanthropic work that he he does uh, with the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation which you know they're really tackling some thorny challenging issues uh, in 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 different parts of the world particularly around uh, well, the example they use in the documentaries around the the need for for, cl- for clean water um now he, he he he's a pretty busy guy uh certainly running uh when he was running a, a large corporation and and i get the sense that even running the charity he he's he's incredibly busy um he, he dedicates time to go away for for a week at a time you know i talk to some executives that can't spare an hour to to think about the bigger picture because uh, they're caught up in the in the latest and loudest um so step back from from that position and just consider you know what could i do how could i rearrange my my activities to clear some space where i would go away and work on my macro work on the things i'd like to achieve so I've got a clearer plan and some clearer ideas about about you know twelve months on, thirty six months on. You pick the number. Um, what sort of things you would like to have had done? You might not necessarily know how you're going to have them done, but you're going to know more about and be able to prioritise and delineate from all of the things that are no doubt uh, coming your way, all of the opportunities that you could pursue, uh, all of the demands that you no doubt have pulling on your time and attention you can you know with a, with a bit of space you can create a, a, a clearer view of of what's important and the things that you're actually going to pursue so that's working on the macro um let's zone in here uh, and move on to i guess this is 
medium term, uh, the context of a week. I mean, for some people that would probably be quite short term, but the weekly review and plan. And I, when working with people on productivity or, or with teams, I, you know, if there was one thing I think that can really be a game changer, uh, it's the weekly review and plan. This is uh, a real opportunity to step back, think about what's gone on over the previous week and think about uh, what's coming up over over the coming period. Um, to give you a sense if you've never really done that in a disciplined way, um, I sometimes use the analogy, uh, very often when people go off on say a two-week holiday, two-week vacation, um, the, the, the sort of last afternoon before they head off, they kind of, uh, they look at everything that's going on in their, in their world. They'll kind of, uh, perhaps renegotiate a few deadlines. Some of those deadlines might be self enforced. So it's deadlines with yourself. There could be deadlines with other people that you might need to renegotiate. You might think about some things that Perhaps you aren't the best person to pursue, so you might you know, do some delegation. Uh, you might decide actually a particular activity, a particular task could be deferred to to some point in the in the future. But essentially, what what you're doing there is you're putting your arms around everything that that you've got going on, and there and thereby just getting a view and making sure in your absence everything is going to be on cruise control. Now the weekly plan and review has some some kind of parallels with that except you don't just do it once a year you're doing it every week and it's kind of putting your arms around everything assessing where you are with things assessing what's important assessing what what you need to pursue or perhaps some other things that other people might might need to do uh, on your behalf and, and really getting clear about how you might spend your time over the over the coming period i'm not going to go into lots of detail about the weekly plan and review um there's quite an approach to that i'd, I'd always encourage to work out an approach that that match matches your environment and i spend a bit of time working with people on on developing that for them so if that's of interest to you you know d- do reach out and and ask uh, and we can talk about what what that might mean in your world um but a few bits just uh, generic things just to kind of give you give you a flavor so you know i would always encourage that you look back one week and forward two weeks the forward two weeks allows you to perhaps get some things in train to to help support you with with activities or or things you might like to achieve um you get the opportunity to look at all the different uh, projects and activities you've got going on uh, and uh, ask yourself questions about them and you know i call these the, the four d's uh, do, do do i want to defer do i want to delegate um do i want to delete you know get rid of or do i just want to do this thing you know is it is it something that's really short and it will take me a couple of minutes i might as well just get it done and out of the way so you know you get to to ask yourself that question each week and, and then the final point is that you get to assess all of the loose ends that you've perhaps collected over the period since the last review and just make sure that you're capturing them in a right way and you're not reliant on your on your brain to to manage that for you Um, because the brain's brilliant at at having ideas it's not particularly uh, reliable on kind of managing them and organizing them into a way that you can do something practical with so yeah the weekly review once you you've done that 
you know, most people feel a real sense of uh, relaxation, a real sense of clarity about what, what it is they need to do. For some people, uh, the timing of the weekly review varies. For others, they get into quite a discipline. I, mean, I personally have done it at, at different points in the week. Um, but I, I like to, uh, typically now, I like to do it at the end of the week so I can close one week out and, and head off perhaps into the weekend with a clearer view about um, and relaxation about what, what, what's, what's coming up. Other people like to do it at the at the start of the week. So, uh, yeah, perhaps on a Monday morning, some people even uh, where appropriate. Yeah, they might be doing it on a on a Sunday evening. Um, so, yeah, do, do it, do it regularly um, and uh, get, get into the discipline. It does take effort. It does take discipline and it's really easy to skip over it. But um, that those that get into the habit uh, do swear by it and probably are advocates that when they when they fall out of the habit, which is easy to do, uh, they really miss it. And there's uh, there's something um, not quite as clear about what what the work needs to be done over over the coming period. Okay, let's move on to the short term. So daily focus. So you've got your your weekly review, which sets high priorities. Of course, stuff is going to change uh, throughout that that the seven day period. You. Know, We'd, it, it would be rare and, and probably uh, unusual if if stuff didn't change, you know, if, if different relationships didn't require more of your attention, if new opportunities didn't didn't show up, uh, if your things that you want to achieve that you, you, you kind of thought you had a really good idea about what it involved, if some of those things turned out to be a bit harder than you thought and therefore took a bit longer or took a little bit more effort. All of that stuff is relevant. So checking in each day with where you are, what your sense of focus is, what your priorities are in the context of the weekly review and plan can really help shape uh, your view about what to do and what work is involved uh, over the the next kind of eight to to ten hours or whatever your, your working day looks like. Now that sounds so obvious. There will be people, I'm sure, listening to this saying, "Yeah, of course, that's that's uh, uh, such an obvious thing to say." My experience is it, it's rare that people actually get into the daily discipline of of doing that, and particularly into the daily discipline of doing that in the context of of of, of the overall week and the, the bigger things you'd you'd like to achieve. Once you do set that, you've kind of got a you've got a hard landscape. There'll be some things that absolutely have to be done that day, no question. It would be irrelevant to do them the day after. Um, being clear about what those things are, um, super important. There'll be some stuff that you know you really want to get done to uh, pursue and make progress on particular projects and activities. And then there's bound to be some stuff that, given given the opportunity, given a chance, if everything goes your way, everything you know goes according to plan, uh, that you'd ideally like to do. I would I wouldn't go too much further than that in terms of categorisation, uh, but you know if if you if you work on those those three principles and be really disciplined and the you know it doesn't I guess the 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 big discipline there is is the is the hard landscape you know the the category of if it doesn't get done today it doesn't 
you know it's pointless it, it won't need doing a lot of people put stuff into that category that can that can slip slip into the next day um my my um suggestion would be be really hard-edged about about what absolutely needs to be done on a particular day uh and make that sacrosanct so you you really hit those things and and and, and achieve them uh, as a priority with all of that done you will have uh i would hope a greater sense of the work that's required and then of course you know then skip away from this you then need to get on and do the work but you know um I, I would encourage that if and suggest that if you've if you've done that preparation up front doing the work a will be uh, a bit more productive b you'll have a sense when other opportunities come up about what you might need to say yes or no to which is uh, can be really beneficial and c you know at the end of the day you might just feel a greater sense of satisfaction that you've achieved the things that you set out to do. Uh, and that can be really rewarding and motivating. Uh, the final thing I would say about the, the daily focus and context is um, don't overload things. Give yourself some space. Uh, if, if you're really overloading, you know, inevitably something will show up. Uh, and there won't be any space or capacity, so you'll become a bit rigid and a bit overly controlled about about how you spend your time. And as a result of that, you might just miss out on some really big opportunities. And quite often, those opportunities come through relationship building. You know that stuff. You know Stephen Covey would say the the important, not urgent activities. If we're overly constrained, overly uh, rigid on our approach, then we really may have the potential to miss out on those. Um, important and not urgent opportunities um have a go have a think about how you could spend a little bit more of your time uh, and capacity defining the work that that needs to be done and give it a go you know there's there's three options there the the kind of um you know, think about the macro the the weekly review and plan and the daily focus pick one of them maybe, maybe uh, just by picking one you will see some of the benefits that that hopefully uh, will get generated by having a, a clearer purpose and focus on the the work that needs to be done uh, I think I'm gonna leave uh, making the work more obvious episode 18 there uh, apart from a uh, couple of messages. Um, look, if this has been of use or if you think it could be of benefit to somebody else, please uh, uh, pass the, the the link to the podcast on. Uh, if you've got feedback about the content or, or any of the podcasts that, that have gone previously, then please drop me a line to Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N at EffectiveChallenge.com always interested in hearing uh, people's experiences and, 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 and their feedback more generally and also if you want to get a bit more specific and a bit more um, uh, aligned to some of your own challenges and you'd like some support with that particularly I think as we head towards the, the new calendar year where you might be wanting to to kind of review what's what's been going on in 2019 and build uh, some goals and objectives and perhaps a, a pl- delivery plan for 2020. Uh, again, please do reach out. It's Damien at EffectiveChallenge.com. Uh, until the next episode, uh, I wish you well and uh, be productive. Bye for now.